Romans 13 and verse number 11. The Bible says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding or in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, God, as we bow in your presence once again, Lord, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy, we do come in Jesus' name. Lord, that is that name that is above every name. And I pray, God, these next few moments that you'll give us liberty. I pray you'll help us to deliver the burden that's on our heart this morning. And may the Spirit of God have His will and His way in all of our hearts. I pray, Lord, that as we think about our nation this morning, God, that you would turn the tide in our country. Lord, I pray not just the tide of sickness, but the tide of sin this morning. I pray, God, that you would let America wake up and see the need of this hour. Help Christians to wake up and see the need of this hour. And may the will of God be done. And bless us now. Help us receive with meekness the engrafted word. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I, I want to preach this morning. Uh, well, I preached Brother Barnes in here. Isn't that a blessing? Come on in, Brother Barnes. Amen. Uh, come on down. Hallelujah. And uh, so good to see him. Amen. But I want to preach this morning uh, on this subject. I want to preach on pandemonium, paper, and prayers. Amen. Pandemonium, paper, and prayers. Brother Caleb told me something the other day that kind of inspired me a little bit, so I thought I'd use that today. Uh, but it had anything, nothing to do with the title. Uh, but I'll tell you, when you think about where we're living at today, the Bible says, and that knowing the time. I think as we come to church this morning, our mind is more on the time that we're living in probably this morning than any other time that we have ever lived. Amen? And when you think about where we're at today, that's where we're at. We've got pandemonium going on around this world and around this country. Amen? And I'll tell you what surprises me. Doesn't surprise me about that out of the people that's in this world that do not know God, but it more surprises me about the people in this world that claims to know God. Amen. Uh, listen, the world, we can understand why they're in panic mode. We can understand uh, why they're running to and fro and why they're living in, in this pandemonium. And I want to say to them this morning, we that are saved, we ought to be steady. Isn't that right? We that are saved ought to have something on the inside that secures us when the world is falling apart. We preach about it. We sing about it. We testify about having faith and trusting God and standing strong in hard times, well, it may very well be that God is just putting the world to the test uh, and putting us to the test this morning to see if we really believe what we say we believe in. Amen. And can I tell you this morning, if there's ever been a time uh, when the world is watching Christianity, they're watching us right now. Amen. And I'll tell you there's one thing that you and I cannot afford to do this morning. We cannot afford to live in fear. We cannot afford this morning to operate uh, uh, based upon our 
our feelings, but we need to trust God. We need to live by faith, walk by faith. We need to believe the promises of the Word of God, believe the book, amen, and stand firm on what we've always stood firm on in a world that's turned upside down literally right now, in a world, my friend, that does not know what tomorrow holds. We've always known that truth, isn't that right? The world is looking through that glass now saying, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, we've always known that, amen? We've always known that there's no security and that there's no steadiness in this world, amen? I'll tell you, we know something that the world does not know this morning. We know whom we have believed in and we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day, amen? We know as Job said that our Redeemer liveth and that he'll stand the latter days upon this earth and though my friend the skin worms may destroy this body yet in our flesh we shall see God and we shall behold him and not another hallelujah I'm not worried about the things that I don't know because I feel real good about the things that I do know amen you say what are you going to do preacher in these next few days I'm going to take everything I don't know and I'm going to look at it through the lens of the two or three things that I do know. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know He'll stand the latter days upon this earth. And I know one of these days, hallelujah, and it may be real soon in my flesh, I shall see God, hallelujah. Brother, that gives me comfort this morning, doesn't it? It takes away the fear. It takes away the pandemonium. Isn't that right? I'm talking about we're living in a time of pandemonium. And then I don't know why, but we're living in a time of paper. Could anybody please explain that to me? I borrowed four rolls from Brother Chris Thomas. Amen. Serious as a blood clot, I'm telling you. I mean, that's all we got is four rows. You know why I bought four rows? I, I bought it off the black market, amen? Because I'm not paying $11 for toilet paper. Somebody say amen. I mean, listen, there's too many leaves and trees around here. Amen. I know the difference between poison ivy, amen, a real green leaf. I, I'm, not, I'm not paying a That's insane, isn't that right? I don't know. You can't eat it? Is that right? I mean, it ain't going to heal you. Somebody said, man, they're running out of toilet paper. I thought, I mean, I can understand running out of food. I can understand uh, running out of, you know, uh, maybe some some drugs, you know. Uh, but, but toilet paper would be last on my list. Amen. I'm going to tell you, he who has the most toilet paper is not going to be the one who survives. Amen. If that's the case, uh, uh, Thomas has got 75 rolls at his house. He told me that yesterday. If you need any, see him. Isn't that right? But listen, uh, uh, paper, you know what that is? Uh, it's just another sign of pandemonium and price gouging. We're not going to preach on that, although I'd like to, wouldn't you? Sure, I'd get some amens. Pandemonium, paper, and then prayers. You know what saddens me about that title? Is that for many today, and I'm not talking about the lost world, I'm talking about people that are saved. That is the last word on the list. It's pandemonium, it's paper, but it's not prayers. I'm going to tell you something this morning. There is comfort in the secret place. 
Brother, I'm telling you, there's something about getting the hold of the horns of the altar for yourself for your children, for your church, for your country. I, I don't believe I, 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 well, I'll leave that alone, but I will just make this statement. I thank God uh, that our president called today uh, a national day of prayer. And I thank God this morning that uh, that, that somebody and somebody's uh, are thinking about uh, a prayer as a, a tool, as an importance. Uh, and can I tell you this morning, uh, it's not the last resort. Uh, it ought to be the first resort. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, the only hope for this nation is that we get on our knees. And that doesn't got any, that doesn't have anything to do with a virus or a vaccine this morning. It's always been the only hope for America. What's happening this morning to America could be one of the two things. It could be something to silence our churches and take our freedom. It could be that this morning. I'm not saying it's not, but it could be. And then again, you know what it could be? It could be reality. It could be happening and it could be the judgment of God upon this nation for 40 years of snubbing our nose in the face of an almighty God and God may be sending a tide my friend to turn the tide of wickedness it could be the very judgment of God amen could be one of the two you say what is it I don't know but I do know this much God's in full control this morning you say, preacher, you think it's real? I do believe it's real. You know why I think it's, it's real? I'm going to tell you why. Because one of America's great gods fell to their knees this past week. The God of sports fell to their knees. And you know how long it, talked, it took to bring one of the biggest gods in America to their knees? Only one day. I'm going to tell you something. He said, I am God. I feel something rise up in my soul when I say that. Woo, hallelujah. He said, I am God. And besides me, hallelujah, besides me, there is. I want to go on record and say besides him. He said it, hallelujah. Besides him, there is, there is none other than our God. He is the God of all gods. He's my God and he's your God. He's our God. He's the only God. He is God. He's a powerful God. He's a mighty God. He's a holy God. He's God this morning, hallelujah. Woo, praise his name. He said there is none other. I don't care how big the gods of this world think they are. God knows how to bring them down. But you know what? I'm going to say this morning in our text, the Bible mentions four things that I want to give you. And number one, it mentions the time. He says, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. You know what time it is in America? It's time for America to wake up. Amen. It's time for Christians to wake up. It's time for us to get our eyes off the world and get our eyes off our own lives and wake up. This thing is coming to an end. The world is going to come to an end one day. And it's not a million years from now, friend. We need to wake up. That 
Jesus is coming again and that we aren't leaving this world. The time, we need to wake up in this nation. I don't think God is trying to get the attention of sinners near as much as he's trying to get the attention of the church and get the church to wake up out of their laziness and wake up out of their slothfulness and to get up out of their apathy and to get up out of their worldliness. I think God is trying to get the attention of people that have abandoned their prayer closets. They got the dust on their Bibles. They quit having a burden for sinners. And God is trying to wake us up once again. Hey, we need to realize the time this morning. Amen. It's time to get serious. Amen. It's time to get serious about your Christian life. It's time, my friend, to get sober-minded that we're headed to a judgment seat for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It's time to get to, to get the soul winning to tell more people about Jesus Christ. Amen. It's time, my friend, to get in the Scriptures and, and read the Bible and spend time with God in His Word. You'll never know the will of God if you don't get in the Word of God. You'll make every decision based on your emotion, your feeling, or circumstances rather than what God's will is for your life. Do you know Thursday and Friday and Saturday people get calling all day long? Not 400 people and not one cancellation for Jubilee. In fact, the calls Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was this, the, the, the private messages, the text, they were all, don't cancel Jubilee. Don't cancel Jubilee. You're not going to cancel the meeting, are you? Do you know what? If I'd have went on my emotions, if I'd have went on what people wanted, We'll be having a meeting here week, next, a week from today. I said, dear God, I need to know your will. I need to hear your voice. I don't need to listen to what's happening around the world. I don't need to listen to what people want. I don't even listen to what I want, God. What do you want? I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to the decisions of life, if you don't keep your nose in that book, you will never make the right decision. You'll even think you're doing the right thing. But the Word of God, you know what it does? It gives light. Hallelujah. The Word of God turns the light on in your life. You can't raise your children if you don't stay in that book the way you're supposed to. Well, I take them to church and they hear preaching. It's not enough. You can't be the husband you're supposed to be if you don't read your Bible. Amen. You'll never be the wife. You're so, you'll think you're being the one you're supposed to be because you're doing all these things that you're supposed to do, but you're missing the one thing you need most, and that's light. Amen. I'm telling you, God, there's going to be times, and there's going to be many, many, many times in all of our life when we need God to turn the light on for us, and the only way he's going to do that is through his word. His will is known through his word. And can I tell you, we need to know the time this morning. We need to look into the the Bible while so many are glued to the television screen and they're glued to the internet and I'm not saying it's not good to keep up with the news because I do but more than be glued to that we need to be glued to the word of God and keep our mind in the Bible that's where a sound mind comes it comes through the scriptures amen we ought to know the time secondly he tells us not only be to know the time but it talks about the truth he said this for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Isn't that a truth this morning? The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Here's the truth of the text this morning. What Paul is talking about here is that we need to wake up because Jesus is coming. We need to wake up because the times, the signs are all pointing toward home. We need to wake up because the things that are happening around us are not chance or circumstance, but they're the providence of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, 
He gave a list of things. He talked about he talked about pestilence. He talks about famines. He talks about wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and divers places. And he mentions all of these things. And he talked about uh, he talked about persecution. And you go home and read it yourself. Matthew chapter twenty four. Why did Jesus do that? You say, well, he's telling us about the tribulation period. Sure, he was talking to the Jews and talking about those signs that they were seeking uh, uh, for. And I tell you, Jesus told them about the last days that would come after the rapture. But if you and I know that that is what's going to happen in the tribulation period, but we can already see that we're seeing the signs of that coming into play now around this world, what does that tell me? It tells me this truth, that the night is far spent, that our salvation is nearer than when we believe. If those things are not supposed to happen, they're not supposed to be full-blown until the rapture has taken place uh, and we already see them on the horizon in this world that we're living in this morning. You know what that says? Uh, that says we're very, very close. Uh, that could, that says it could happen at any moment. That means that at any time the trumpet could sound and we could be fixing to get out of here. Hey, that's a fundamental truth uh, that used to fire the church up, that used to keep the church having revival is because we knew that this could be the hour. This could be the day when Jesus comes again. You know what I'm seeing in churches today? They're losing sight of that. Preachers, brother, you know this, you travel. They don't even preach on the rapture and the second coming like they used to. I got a set of books in my office. I'm sure some of you have read those books and seen them. Uh, they were put out by Mays Jackson and several other preachers across our country of like faith back in the late 60s and early 70s called Golden Nuggets. 37 volumes, I think there is, of that. I've probably got about 12 of those volumes. And I was looking through some of them. They're just, they're great sermons, topical sermons. And I was looking through those sermons one day and I was looking through a book and Brother Mike, I noticed something. I noticed as I was flipping through that book there that sermon after sermon after sermon was about the second coming of Jesus or the rapture of the church. I put that book up and I picked another one up and I noticed as I looked at it, there's sermon after sermon on the rapture. Jesus is coming. I started looking through those books and in every single one of those books, it was just, and these are sermons that have been compiled by, by a number of preachers that have sent their sermons in back in those days. You know what it told me? It told me what was on the mind of the men of God in the late 60s and the early 70s. It told me what their burden was and what they were preaching in those days. You know what they were preaching? He's coming. He's coming. You better get ready. He's coming. You better get right. He's coming. He's on his way. Jesus is coming. Hey, you don't hear that preaching as much anymore but we're closer now than they were in the 60's and the 70's uh, oh bless his name uh, I'm telling you listen what ought to excite the church uh, is that he really is coming uh, and he's closer now than he's ever been uh, this could be nothing more than setting the stage uh, of the rapture of the church uh, we're getting out of here hallelujah I'll tell you if I wasn't saved this morning there, listen I, you couldn't get me to leave this building for a million dollars if I was lost I'd get saved because what if Jesus comes? What if, what if the rapture takes place before the virus takes hold? What are you going to do if the rapture takes place before the virus takes hold? I want to tell you what I'm going to do when we're gone. I will, as old brother Earl Hughes used to sing, when the tribulation enters, I'll be gone. How many of y'all like that old song? Could nobody sing it like him? Amen. When the tribulation enters, I will 
be gone. Will you be gone? Or will you be left behind? There's the time. There's the truth. Then let me give you this. There's the terror. He said the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor. He talks about the night is far spent. What does that mean? That means the hour is late. It means that it's the darkest, you know this, just before dawn. And what he's telling us in this text is that we need to wake up because uh, the sun is about to rise. Amen. How many of y'all get up before the sun rises? Amen. Raise your hand. Thank God you ought to. Amen. Get up before the sun gets up. Amen. And get you a cup of coffee. Amen. And uh, and drink a cup of coffee. And read your Bible and pray and spend some time with God. And I'll tell you what, when you get up, uh, uh, you know, and when you get up in the morning time uh, and it's still dark outside, I- I'll, go up, I'll go out there and I'll in the morning time and I'll open the curtains you know and I'll pull all the blinds and, and I'll turn the lights on you know uh, uh, in the in the living room and, and I'll go in there you know I'm just trying to make as much noise as I can to aggravate my wife you know uh, I'm just kidding uh, but then uh, I'll put us on a cup of coffee or, or if she gets up before I do she'll do the same thing put on a cup of coffee and you know what uh, I like to sit there in the living room uh, and look out the window and I listen right where I sit out and look out that window and it'll be just pitch black you know and you can see the street lights uh, and they're shining on, on the street and it looks like it's 12 o'clock midnight. I mean, it's black outside, amen? But if you sit there just a few little bit, amen, you know what'll happen? Uh, uh, you'll look up uh, and over the treetops, you know what you'll see? You'll see just a little bit of the breaking of day, amen? And in just a few more minutes, you know what? It'll start getting a little bit lighter and then I hear the birds go to chirping outside. Uh, you know what they're doing? Uh, they know the sun's a coming up in the morning. Hallelujah. And can I tell you, my friend, thank God, one of these days, not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N, he's coming up in the morning. Praise God. I say, blessed be the day. Weeping may endure for the night, but joys are coming in the morning. Hallelujah. He's coming, friend. He's coming. Joy is coming. Jesus is coming. You know why there's going to be joy in the morning? Because that joy in that verse is Jesus. He's coming in the morning. There's the terror. Will you panic in an hour of distress? Or will you trust God? Somebody said to me this week, what are you going to do if you get sick? I said, I'm going to try to get better. That makes sense, don't it? I mean, if they got anything to get me better, I'll take it. I'll gargle it, wouldn't you? I said, but if I die, guess what? I'm going to glory. I will be better if I die. And so will you, amen? I'm not going to hunt the virus down. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? We talk about going to heaven, but when it comes right down to it, we want to live on earth, amen? I'm not going to hunt it down, but if if, if you die, guess what? You're going to a better place. There's the terror. Then finally, there's the teaching. Look what he said. Verse 13, he said, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make not provisions for the flesh and fulfill the lust there. I didn't break the text down this morning for the sake of time. But you can go home and look at it. There's a negative in verse 13. There's a positive in verse 14. The negative is this. We're to walk honestly, here's the negative, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering wantonness, 
not in strife and envy. We could talk about all those words and what they mean, but not today. And here's the positive. puts you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Separate in verse 13 and be filled with the Holy Spirit in verse 14 and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know what tough times ought to do for us? They ought to strengthen our faith. Calm our fears and bring us to our knees. Tough times should not cause pandemonium. Should not cause us to live in fear or doubt. But it's a time to shine. It's a time to stand. It's time to show the world that God is real. And I'm going to tell you something. If all I could do was hide under a rock in these days, you know what I'd do? I'd throw my Bible in a trash can. And I'd never go back to church another day in my life. I reckon there probably is a truth to what I just said. I just thought about it. I am hiding under a rock, ain't I? Or should I say it like this? I'm not hiding under that rock. I'm standing on that rock this morning. Brother, I want to tell you something. We as Christians ought to be strong in our faith. And this morning, I do not blame those that do not have services. I do not blame those that are sickly and feel like it was best to stay home. I do not think that negative of any of those. But what I'm talking about this morning is we don't want to live in fear. It's time to wake up. I tell you, if I wasn't right with God this morning or if I was a lazy church member, I'd think about my spiritual life. I would think about my wife, my children, or my husband and my children. I'd think about my church. You realize this morning, you know why it's so good in here? Because it might get taken away for a little while. The fact that we could even be here this morning put an unusual excitement in all of our hearts. It brought an excitement to us to something that we so often, and I say we, we take it for granted because it's always there. But I want to ask you a question this morning. What if it wasn't a virus? Brother, I'm going to tell you something. What you're thinking about this morning is what you've heard preacher, you've heard this preacher, you've heard every preacher that's come through here say. But we better appreciate what we have because it could be taken away from us. But I, can't, I cannot tell you the churches that I went back to a year later. Just went back to one recently. Preached in this church for nine years, seven years. It was the eighth year. We've always had a tremendous revival. It's a great church, got a great pastor. But as I went back, he told me, he said, I, I got to warn you, things are not the way they were. I said, what's wrong? He said, we've lost a lot of people. He said, we've had a lot of problems. Not, I'm talking about a church that you'd have never thought it would have ever happened when just like this. He said, we're really down. He said, we're down in numbers, we're down in spirit. And on top of all of that, he said, he's had a disease that has attacked his health. He said, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to stay here. I'm talking about just like that. It could happen. Brother, tonight, this morning, we ought to pray more for our church, give more to our church, love our church more than we ever have because we don't know. 22 years, 21 years, we've had a spring jubilee. 
And six weeks ago, I'd have never even thought in my mind that we wouldn't have it. Never would have thought that. Everything was planned and almost over half paid for. And look where we're at today. There's no certainty in life. So we take what we have today and we thank God for it. We walk up these steps to this choir every time you can because it could be the last time you sing in this choir. I want to always stand behind this pulpit and preach as though this morning is the last sermon I would ever preach behind this pulpit to you. You should go to your Sunday school class and teach as though it's the last lesson you're ever going to give to your class because it very well may be. You never know. It's time to wake up to that this morning. The feel-good Joel Osteen Society where we just always want to feel good, I think God wants to put the brakes on and say, no, let's don't always feel good. Let's think about the reality of what could not could be, what could not happen. Let's stand this morning as they come and get us a song ready.